you're with Thomas and Penny Power and business is personal is something that's very important to us. It's been our philosophy all the way through really becoming an entrepreneur. But we also see this philosophy spreading into larger comp companies. The reason is that um, we're all very aware of the fact that our emotional needs and our mental needs and our own personal needs um, do affect our performance. And when we can create a community where um, basically anything goes, because we create a great feeling of safety and confidentiality, we support amazing people on their journey and they support each other, which is the crit critical thing. So when we do our BIP chat, we're interviewing experts that have joined BIP 100 who have amazing skills and expertise in their business, but also have the most phenomenal values of contribution and kindness towards one another. And they become a citizen of this community. And as you know, if you know Thomas and I, citizenship and contribution, these values are very important to us. And today we're interviewing our BIP 100 member, as we call them BIPers, Ben Meekie. And Ben is the owner of Acuity Associates, and he's got with him his colleague, uh, Robert Fisher. And we absolutely adore what Ben does. And we want you to keep listening in, because if you're a founder of a business, it is very important to you that you understand the finance and the skills of the financial people around you. And what Ben has created is quite phenomenal. And he's going to share with you a lot of amazing data and very interesting facts around a, the importance of your financial director or your CFO, but also how Acuity Associates has created an amazing tool for you to be able to assess and evaluate so that you can either recruit the right person or you can um, maybe up the skills of the people that you have. So uh, this is going to be really uh, phenomenal for you today if you're a founder of a business. Now, I just want to add to this. I know through 24 years of supporting entrepreneurs and founders, many of them are great ideas people. Many of them are hugely creative. Many of them don't really have the insights to their finance that they need to create a sustainable business. Often for them, it's not a very exciting aspect of their business, but it is actually the foundation and the bedrock of whether a business is going to continue and become the asset that you want and deliver the income that you seek. So I think this is going to be a really powerful session with both Ben and Rob. And so welcome, gentlemen. Thank you very much for joining us today over the next 45 minutes. Um, Thomas has joined us, obviously, um, and I tend to be the person that introduces. You'll hear a lot from Thomas because he is the question master in my life. I never get away with without sharing anything. Um, and, and this is going to be a great show with um, all the ways that we're going to really dig into this subject. So first of all, Ben, I've done a little bit to, to represent you and why we're so proud to know you. Can you just fill in some of those gaps and share a little bit more about yourself and building um, Acuity Associates? Absolutely. Well, thank you very much uh, indeed for this opportunity to speak with you. It's great. Um, well, the, there's a why and there's a how. Um, and the why Acuity Associates exists is frankly that I used to be the buyer um, of services and I simply couldn't, it's the oldest cliche in the book, I could, simply couldn't find a business that provided service, services to me in the way that I wanted them. Um, and I'm talking about the recruitment of um, accountants into a business, finance directors, whatever. 
Um, the, the context of that was a, a business that I, I was the fifth person in, but not the founder. Um, and very long story short, we, we, we grew up from five people to 13,000 in six years, and then we listed it for 100 million. I looked after finance, um, and I was consistently bemused at the response of recruitment companies to my question, can your candidates do the job? And they didn't know. They'd say, oh, well, they've got an accounting qualification. So we've now proven through data that um, extensively data uh, that uh, uh, having an accounting qualification is there's no correlation with being a capable finance director um, or CFO or indeed financial controller. Um, so wow, for, which is incredibly worrying. The, the, the problem in the market is that everyone assumes that it is. And, and that's why and even more scary is that finance directors don't really charge differently. If you're an FD, you're an FD. So you're get, getting paid the market rate and the founder CEOs out there, and I used to be one of them, don't know whether I've got a good one. So our data shows that 85% of finance directors and CFOs out there, and we've assessed over a thousand of the 25,000 in the UK, give or take, um, are not fit for purpose. 85% are not fit okay. for purpose. And I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be deliberately annoying here because I know we could be getting deeply into the detail here. And I know because I can watch Thomas's body language and the way he's getting very excited about this. I would really love you to introduce um, Rob into this conversation now. What's really interesting is he is your finance director. So I cannot imagine the rigour that he went through to prove that he is as capable as he needs to be. Well, so, that's not uh, any old pink shirt there, Rob. <laughs> it's it's <laughs> fantastic, uh, fantastic to meet you, Rob. So, um, Ben, can you introduce uh, Rob a little bit more as well? Absolutely. So, a little bit of context. When we first started assessing finance directors and CFOs, um, the exam was <clears throat> three and a half hours. We've managed to get it down to two hours now. Um, without disturbing the integrity of the benchmark, which is absolutely crucial. So <clears throat> quite frankly, Rob is in the, in the top 15%. Okay, so every time we assess someone, um, and we can talk later about what skills we're assessing, um, is uh, uh, you get a percentile. You know, where does that person sit on the capability curve? It's a normal distribution. And we only, of course, look at those in the top, well, officially it's the top quartile, but then out of the top quartile, only 10%, further 10% are knocked out because we don't believe their fit is right. So Rob is not only, you know, in the top quartile in terms of his technical skills, he's also made the cut with regards to being a human being. <laughs> so um, Rob, Rob has helped us across all sorts of areas, reading businesses for sale. Um, what, so Rob, over to you. What, t tell us a little bit about your experience working uh, for Acuity's clients. Yeah, uh, so thank you everybody. Um, so I've, I've been working with Acuity for around two years now and um, worked on a number of different assignments for a number of different clients uh, in different situations. Um, some of them have been very much in a, in a high growth curve, you know, well uh, underway on, on their business journey. Um, others have been um, perhaps, you know, um, in a bit more of a um, uh, crisis situation where they need funding, where they need uh, remedial restructuring advice and support. 
um, other businesses have been um, towards the end of their growth journey, really, and they're, they're you know, wanting to sell the business, prep, prep the business for sale. So I've come in, um, you know, and helped them get the business ready for sale, take it to market and, and really help them manage the financial element of the due diligence and the sale process with the uh, appropriate corporate uh, finance company. So um, really a, 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 an interesting mix of kind of situations I found myself in working with Acuity and uh, an interesting mix of clients, really. And it's one of the things that that, that attracts me to work uh, working as a fractional FD is that really varied mix of clients and kind of um, you know, business situations you find yourself in and, 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 and the ability to add value really in, in a number of different situations, uh, add value and help the client, genuinely support the client on, on you know, the, the obstacles and the objectives they're wishing to achieve. And Rob, can I ask, how does it make you feel to know that you're in that top 15%? Quite, well, quite privileged really in some respects to, to have, you know, found Ben and be working with Ben and Acuity, but also, um, I guess, confident in my own sort of capabilities and, and, and competence and being able to add the value that I've just talked about you know, competent and, and, and confident going into a company and meeting, you know, directors and, and owners of a business and being able to talk with confidence about where I feel the improvement should be made and where the focus should be in the short, medium and long term. Yeah, so, really- ben, so Ben is really giving you identity and kudos, isn't he? Absolutely. Absolutely. So it's, it's been a great uh, partnership, you know, from my side and, and helping Ben's, you know, and, and, and Acuity grow uh, over the last you know, couple of years. Sorry to interrupt you, babes. No, no, you're not. You're not. Um, what I'm curious about is um, you talked about a wide range of services there. So, Ben, I might come back to you here as, as the founder of Acuity. Um, so obviously your absolute focus, founders, financial competency. Um, but um, there's a wide range in the way that you're helping companies. Would you, can you try? Can you help us to sort of put those in different boxes um, so that we understand it, your business? Yes. Um, Any business that has um, an objective to grow will need to pass through inflection points um, whereby their business becomes increasingly sophisticated um, and and greases the wheels of growth. So any startup will start up inevitably as a project based organization where we notice something needs to happen. So it gets fixed and there's a series of projects and then we get to a certain point where we can probably can't really grow the business anymore on on the on that basis so we need to move through the inflection point to turn the business into a process based organization so everybody knows what they're doing as opposed to madly running around doing projects and you know all all hands on deck as they used to say so that process of going through the inflection point is something the finance director is crucial in. There usually isn't the skill sets of an individual in a business to do that. And it means settling everything down so that everybody knows what they're doing, when they're doing it and how they're doing it. Okay, so there's no kind of gaps in people's knowledge and they sit there stumped about how, how do I do this? No. Does so that no, take away the dependency on the founder by doing that? A hundred percent. Yeah, yeah. The, my, my definition of success for a founder is, is your business growing without you? And there's no way that that's going to happen without having 
the full set of systems and processes, and of course, the right people with the right skills and the right seats. So, um, but the right people with the right skills and the right seats still need to have the rule book. Now, it, it doesn't need to be 100% accurate. You still want people to be able to act with their intelligence and experience, but you need to give them the framework. And the, the, the rule of thumb is that if you give someone 20% of the process that they do every time, the other 80% will be open to their, uh, their capabilities to work within, but to achieve the same end. But you need that 20%. And it doesn't take that long to do, actually, but it needs to be done. And businesses that pull in processes, even at this sort of low level, um, but actually it's the best level because it really forces people to think about what we're trying to achieve and crystallizing the steps to do that without, you know, nobody likes dancing in chains. Okay, so you give them the framework and then let them uh, operate within that. And so it's this, this sounds like um, you'll provide, apart from you provide the recruitment um, to help people find CFOs and FDs, and you've got this tool that wider people can use. They don't have to be asking to recruit, but they can use this themselves. It sounds like you're also offering sort of consulting versus almost a coaching program as well for people. Is, is that is that how your business is working? The FD in a in a best in class situation will be running the business, you know, between now and three months out. And the founder will be looking three months out and further CEO founder. So it's not coaching. It's doing. Um, yeah. I mean, the, the, in an emerging mid-market business, the finance director not only be able, needs to be able to talk strategically to the board, to any investors, to the budget holders, to administrators uh, about the st strategic direction of the business. They also need to be able to go in and create a process or a system that helps the individual, ind the individuals to to participate and make their activities congruent with the overall organization's goals. Um, it's, it's very much in an emerging mid-market business, this is um, a, a hands-on role, you know, going out into the different, into sales, into operations, into marketing, asking questions like, do you have the resources you need to achieve your targets? Not, you know, I'm saying no, but what are the right level of resources that you need to make the business meet its goals and by the way i'll help you set those goals so and ben when you're assessing your fds in your fdcfo recruitment assessment test you talk about a process and a system are you assessing them in their ability to create a process and create a system as well yeah the it's not very hard to assess in someone's ability because they might have the technical skills, but not the communication skills. Okay, um, have, there are there are five key skills which enable three behaviours. Okay, so the five key skills are scorer, custodian, business partner, catalyst, and strategist. The, I've written a white paper on this, which is on our website. It's called the five DFD. So the five dimensions, skill dimensions of a finance director or CFO. Okay. When those skills are prevalent, all five of them, because most people have got some here and some there. No, you need people who are all rounders across. And that's why it's hard to find these guys, ladies and gentlemen. 
And you, if you have these five skills, you can do three things which allow you to be truly effective in a business. And being effective is what it's all about, making the thing grow. So first of all, you need to, you are able to identify what data or information, same thing, is, is, needs to be inspected in order to help us make better business decisions. So what KPIs, what analysis, what forecasts, yeah. what yeah. Yeah. makes sense. Okay, so we need to be skilled enough for a particular business at a particular time in its growth curve, because everyone's at a different point. So for a particular time, what is the data we should be looking at now to help us get to the next level? And then that needs to be reviewed every six months or more frequently or less frequently, depending on what you're doing. So one, we have the skills to, to understand what is the right data to be looking at to help decision making. Two, this sounds incredibly obvious. You have to get the numbers right. No point looking at the right data if the numbers are wrong, because you'll still be making bad decisions based off bad data. So you need to be able to understand what data to look at, get the numbers right. And to, to, to speak to what you just said, Thomas, the third and absolutely as important as the other two is that you need to be able to communicate the message to the intended audience in a way that resonates with them. Okay, so whether you're talking to the founder, whether you're talking to a, a budget holder, an administrator, an investor, a bank, you need to be able to couch what you're saying, couch the message in a way that makes sense to them. Because guess what? You know, the CEO thinks very differently about life and the business than an administrator. So you need to understand how your interlocutor thinks so you can present the data to them in a way that will actually affect change. And that is what makes effective in a business. Amazing. And, and Robert, do you, do you, I should say, have you, have you got these, have you got these five, these five D's and these three behavior changes types in terms of data numbers and resonating with the audience? Because incredibly hard to assess data. Yes. Numbers being right. Mm. Yes. But assessing people's ability to resonate with the audience they're communicating with about data and numbers, that's really difficult. How, how have you got that skill, those skills, or how have you been measured to have those skills? I, I, well, I, 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 to answer your first question, how have I got those skills? Really, by developing them over a, a long career in finance and working my way up um, from you know quite a junior role and becoming qualified and working with numerous business owners and stakeholders over the years and holding down several senior roles, you know, ranging up to a group FD role for a hundred million plus, you know, turn of the business. So. Um, you know, they're, they're soft skills that, that you can only develop over time. How I've been assessed, really, you know, numerous meetings with Ben and his team following the acuity method, um, where, where the, you know, they do the soft probing kind of type of testing rather than the, the technical competence testing, which is included in the, in the acuity method tests. If I can add something, sorry. Mm. Yeah, go ahead. It's just mm. how many people would you say you've got like Robert in your... Well, we've assessed over a thousand. Um, I, I lose count. It's probably eleven hundred by now because we assess between thirty and one hundred FD CFOs a month. Um, so um, one hundred and fifty we know of that are actually. So, Rob, you're part of a small group. Mm. Very much. One hundred and fifty people. Mm. And Sorry, uh, Ben, you were those... going to add something. 
Yeah, so there's two ways you can communicate with people. One is face-to-face, -face, you know, using verbal communication. And the other is by presenting data um, in, you know, it used to be on paper, but now it's in digital format. So in the acuity method, we have, we ask them, we give them some data and we ask them to present it in a way um, and we tell them who the audience is. And then we look and see how they present that data in during the tests. And we've got our idea of what a model pie chart would look like to that audience. And we see how many of the characteristics in our model answer that the candidate actually produces, because it needs to be quickly and easily digestible to the person that's looking at the information. Otherwise, they'll just look at it and go, oh, that's too hard, and they'll move on. And there'll be the assumption that people have understood, but they haven't, and that's the most dangerous thing of all. So there are ways of, of testing people's visual um, acuity um, by asking them to present data in, in, in different ways to different people, and that will tell us whether they, if they can do it in an exam, they can do it, you know, in, in work. Can I can I take these to a high high upper level, um, if it's, and just do almost like a role play to understand this journey? So say I'm a founder now listening to this show, and um, you know I've grown it to a certain extent with my own capabilities, and but I'm listening. I'm thinking, wow, actually this would be really powerful. Can you take me on a sort of a journey from when they contact you? to to what what would they experience going through that journey with you well we, we've developed some tools to help introduce what the new paradigm for them will look like um which are on our website so we've got two tools in particular the fide tool which is an acronym which stands for financial infrastructure diagnostic um but we just say fide because it's a little easier to say um, and it's on our it's on our website and a founder looks at 20 statements and says whether they agree, disagree, strongly, otherwise neutral, no, number one to five. After five minutes, you'll have a score and the, obviously the website adds it up for you. And then you're put through to the fibre uh, tool and the fibre tool is the financial infrastructure benchmark report. So within five minutes of starting, you will know where your financial infrastructure sits against both of your, your competitors and best in class companies in your sector, the ones that are really, really doing well. So that's the first tool we have, it was completely free. Um, so that starts to allow a founder to think, to think about the business in a slightly different way and start to appreciate that data or information um, can be used um, not just to see how well the, far, the past went, but to use the past, analyse it and look forward and make sure the, the future is better with it. Um, so that, that's two tools. And then we have other tools. We have a FIRE tool, which is the Financial Infrastructure Report Extract. And that is a kind of get the drains up um, exercise whereby uh, we, we, we list what financial infrastructure, and by financial infrastructure, I mean your information. So what your KPIs, your any analysis, your board reports, um, any forecasts, any margin analysis, all the things, good stuff that you need to understand in order to be able to really get to grips with the nuts and bolts of your business. So the FIRE tool has three sections. Firstly, the state of the nation, what 
the founder's business has. Not, not, nothing right, nothing wrong. It's just simply a statement of fact of what they have. The second section, which um, a lot of people are interested in seeing, is the definitive list of financial infrastructure to achieve two things. One, to run the business as efficiently and productively as it can be now. And also that set of financial infrastructure and information is the same as what is required to be presented to um, a due diligence team if you're trying to sell the business or bring in a strategic investor like private equity or venture capital. Um, so you've got, you know where you are, you know where you'd like to be at some point. And then the third section lists out the things that you can do quickly and easily from today, or tomorrow, uh, to actually start moving yourself from where you are to a best in class set of financial infrastructure. And it's prioritized. So the things that are going to give the most value first are done first. And then it, it can be planned out over several months or years. So these three questionnaires are kind of like a, an audit of the company before you send in someone like Robert or another one of the 150 that have made the grade. Yeah, you need to know, you know, people, people are scared. They go, oh, a finance director, that sounds really expensive. And, you know, I can't afford a thousand, whatever it is. Um, but the, so you start them with just four days, four days to produce the report. And that's it. You don't need to do anything else. And you can keep that report and, and it will go away. But the report is the plan. What identify what things will create the quickest value immediately, <clears throat> which you should get a return on, and then build on that. So, so you can manage how you build your infrastructure over, you know, if you don't want to sell for five years, you can build this up over five years. You don't need yeah. a full-time person. If you need if you're selling at Christmas, you'll need two of my guys five days a week. But you don't have to do that. You can build it up slowly over time in a way that's affordable um, and achieves the same end. It's a, it's a, yeah, it's a great way. It's a discovery in consulting terms. It's like going doing a big discovery project, which is incredible. Um, I think we've got about 15 minutes left. And um, first of all, I want to make sure that anybody who's listening to this can find that tool um, if you're listening to this. So if you go to www, of course, Acuity Associates. So Acuity is A-C-U-I-T-Y associates.co.uk and then do a forward slash F-I-D. So that takes you to this free tool um, that takes you on a journey of assessment, which is very powerful. Um, and of course, if anybody is interested in um, or missed anything in that information, you can look up Ben Meeky. So his name on LinkedIn, Ben, I think I don't need to spell that, Miki, M-E-K-I-E, -E, um, on LinkedIn. And I'm sure he'd enjoy um, connecting with you. Also, you're talk, we're talking to Rob Fisher that works with Ben. And um, Rob is actually, I think it's Robert Fisher, aren't you, on LinkedIn, um, if you want to contact um, Rob That's as right. well. And, and of course, you can connect with Thomas and I and we'll put you in touch if that's all a lot of information while you're walking your dog. Um, so um, if I just over the next few minutes, it's quite interesting um, to take this into more of an, an industry conversation here, um, because I think it's quite fascinating what's happening at the moment. It's something that I'm observing um, in the market is that the technology sector has gone through a huge growth curve in shareholder value. Um, 
And I'm hearing rumbles of major redundancies happening, big changes happening them. And it seems to be that there's this big drive now to profit over shareholder value. And um, I'm just, is that, a, have I heard right? Have I made the right assumptions about that? Are you seeing a shift in the way people are coming to you and what are their priorities? Um, well, yes, I mean, it's a fantastic observation on the market. <clears throat> the, there are corners of tech which are still as yet un, unexplored. <clears throat> and the most valuable acquisitions, if you're interested in building uh, enterprise value, which most of us are, are when a larger business takes you on or buys you for strategic reasons. Okay, so that's when you get the silly numbers, sorry, the, the higher numbers, um, because instead of a big corporate going out and doing something from scratch, it's much easier for them just to go out and find someone that's doing it and buy them much easier and then assimilate them into the business. So, yes, there is a drive in areas which are as, you know, well trodden. It's about profit. But if you've managed to find a way of doing something better, um, more quickly, uh, more efficiently, more productively, then you can still get these strategic valuations, um, which are in a tech environment, usually a multiple of revenue as opposed to EBITDA, which is so why these are all the yeah. disruptors or the market makers that are more reliant on the, the shareholder value. Yeah, I mean, if you can save a big corporate a billion, with what you're doing, you're, yeah. probably, you know, you're probably worth a billion. Yeah, yeah. So and are you finding the people approaching you? And I know we're being generalists here, of course, because I mean, anybody listening here will be able to see far left and far right of this conversation. But are you seeing um, people still really seeking exits or are people starting to realise they want to build a business that produces great income going forward for them? Yeah, it's it. The, the majority um, are looking for an exit. There are, there's, there's a whole host of family run businesses, which are in the second or third generation. And it's, that seems to be a trigger point that the, the first and the second generations get it to a certain point. And then with the greatest respect to them, the business is getting too big for their, for their capability and their skill sets. So at that point, they look to bring in a professional team that they're advised by almost everyone uh, to bring in an FD or CFO first, okay, because then they can manage the rest of the growth. And then once that professional team is in, CEO, COO, CFO, etc., then they can decide. They can decide whether to move to Parma or Bermuda and just let the income roll in. Or do they want to crystallize the value through a liquidity event, a sale, um, and then do something else? You know, and that will depend on their personal circumstances, their age, their, their, their aspirations for life. So um, I see everything going on, but um, it tends to be people who t people tend to do one exit and then, you know, they're financially secure. And then after that, they may be more inclined to build businesses to be retained, and they build up a kind of family office portfolio yeah. of businesses that 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 uh, provide them with the 
and infrastructure and potentially you know they're bringing their kids to start to get involved in things like that so it's all happening but the the majority of events are uh businesses are moving towards a liquidity event mm, interesting um Thomas, I don't really want to just add anything in here. I wanted to come to Rob. I don't know whether you've got something you yeah, want to say. No, that was a good answer from Ben. It was a good question and a good answer. Yeah, I want to hear what, uh, I'm interested to hear what question you asked Robert, because. Well, what I'm curious about is I I love processes and systems. I absolutely love them. I'm, I'm sort of, I'm very people oriented, but I'm very driven also by creating safe processes that means that we don't let anyone down and that we can efficiently serve service um, our clients and what is what sounds wonderful about what acuity and ben have created is a model that the people that come on to uh, ben's books as, a, as an interim or a fractional fd can follow and um, we see that in business coaching world where people create models for for business coaching i'd just love to know from your point of view what difference that's made for you to have sort of a model that you can apply when you're going into a client um i mean it's it's provided a fantastic set of tools really and a framework to go in and um diagnose uh either issues or opportunities in a business um you know uh, list them out and as, as ben's gone through you know those three sections what the business has you know what 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 potential issues there are within what the business currently has where the opportunities lie for improvement um uh you know what's what's required to run the business now and then what what potentially would be required to to get the business ready for sale um yeah. and then finally you know provide a roadmap for uh for instigating and implementing those solutions or you know or or, or addressing the opportunities um and it provides tremendous transparency for the, the client and the um, you know accountability for the uh, the interim working there for the clients and milestones that can be achieved and and ticked off so everybody knows where everybody is and everybody's comfortable with the work streams that are mm. happening and the time scales that they're happening in so I think working as a uh, a fractional FD or an interim FD it's it's a tremendous set of tools and templates really to to utilize going into sort of almost any client in in, in a multiple uh you know multiple different kind of scenarios as i touched on earlier and having that uh, that security associates brand behind you then must really uh, give some credibility to that even though you're obviously very credible in your own right sorry thomas i was going to say uh it's a good answer rob mm -hmm. if uh, if you've got people listening as they're walking their dog or wherever they're driving on spotify or whatever in the car if you've got business owners or founders who are considering exit or a liquidity event as ben describes but they're not quite sure about their fd or cfo having the skills for that how do they how do they start that conversation with either you or ben because they want the event but they're unsure about the person on their team because mm. they might not they might not be in the top 15 percent quartile in the, the assessment how do they begin a conversation like that if they're listening right now and they they're smiling as they're hearing me say this uh, i mean I'll, I'll certainly start start a response on that uh, thomas so i mean really just pick up the phone or drop myself or ben an email and i think you know put their put their current incumbent through a test an acuity test and see how they score that would be my response i mean ben i don't know if you'd like to elaborate on that 
That's a good answer. Yeah, that's a good answer. <clears throat> we we do that quite a lot, where we have a founder come up and saying, and but it can be it's not positioned in a sort of fail this and you're fired. Absolutely not. Um, the reality is that this individual has got the business, the finance individual has got the business to the point where it's profitable. And, you know, there's there's huge credit in that. There's no shame um, in not having taken a business through a sale before. So um, at, under those circumstances, we would put in a fractional or project finance director slash CFO to support the finance team. And, and it's an awful lot of work. If you don't have a lot of the financial infrastructure, which you need, which needs to be inspected and reviewed during a due diligence process, creating it can be highly disruptive. And the worst thing in the world you can do as a founder is take the eye off the ball at exactly the point where you need to be growing. <laughs> because if you don't grow, the person that's buying goes, well, you just had a little wobble in your EBITDA there, haven't you? So instead of X, I'm gonna offer you a number less than X. So the idea is that the associates finance directors come in and work in conjunction with the incumbent team to produce all of the things that need to be done so that the team that's done such a great job doing their business as usual can continue to do that. Because it's a lot of work um, to prepare this stuff and, and handle the queries from the buyer's team. Oh, that's such a good question, Thomas. I love that answer. Um, well, I'm just thinking a lot of those family businesses might have a family member yeah, as a finance tough. control and FD, and and you're you're the CEO, and I'm the I'm the FD, and I'm a family member, partner, husband, spouse, brother, sister, and thinking you want to prep for exit, and I don't have the skills. Yes. It's going to be very delicate, isn't it, managing yeah. that sensitivity of all that so we present it as a supporting you know mm -hmm. we're here to help we're not yeah. here to make you look bad not threatening it's not at all threatening is it so um we've just got about five minutes left ben i'm really curious about sort of the partnerships and the collaboration and the way that you ben go into the market to to help people to see this um and i, I know that you do public speaking um you've you have been asked by many, many business networks and conferences to speak. Um, I don't know whether you can give a little bit of an idea of how, what your type of keynote covers. Is that possible? Because I think that's really interesting for anybody that's listening that's associated with business networks. Yeah, well, thank you. Yes, I mean, when you speak publicly, you know, the last thing people want to think is, are oh, you just trying to sell me an FD? So what I try and do is educate the audience insofar as I can to understand the things that they may not have considered before and how they can help their business. And that, that the FIDE and the fiber tools, and I don't know how many times I've done online seminars or you know, standing up in front of a room where everyone's got the FIDE tools <laughs> printed out and they, they go through their numbers and then they look at their score and then we put up the fiber tool on the board and everyone's looking to see which band they're in. And, um, so it, it's really about trying to get people thinking about their businesses in a way that they haven't before. I mean, no founder can know everything. The only reason I know what I know is because I, I was lucky enough to be involved in the business with an unbelievably talented founder um, who took me under their wing. So I, I did the finance stuff and they did everything else. And I sat opposite them for six years and watched the magic happen. So not everyone can have that level of ability but if you know your market and you know your product or your service unbelievably well 
you're already there. You just yeah. need to bolt on the skill sets to help you really maximize enterprise value. So I try and tease out of the, the audience the fact that actually they can do better and in a way that will surprise them. You know, no, changing the paradigm of accounts being um, a cost center, which is a bit annoying to do the VAT returns, to yeah. moving across to a paradigm whereby finance is the heartbeat of the company, providing um, information and resources to all the different um, parts of the business, like blood pouring through a body, and enabling those different parts of the business to be truly effective because they are properly resourced. Yeah, and I love that. Changing that mindset is what I try and do. That's yeah, really that's, good. That's really, really, really good. So just, and it's probably possibly the last question I can ask, I don't know whether Thomas, you've got another one up your sleeve, but is that, you know, something Thomas, um, well, he's just a master networker. He's a master connector of people. And we often, he often teaches people how to actually be more effective at that. And a lot of it is about what well, he calls it being open, random and supportive, ORS, in your behavior. But also it's about having this peripheral vision that enables you to see who you can partner with. Um, and when you said, you know, no founder can know everything, it immediately made me think about no business coach can know everything. You know, and I know of a couple of business coaches that are interested in talking with you um, within Bit 100 who, because they would want to work with you so that if they're coaching a company, and is that something you're seeing grow where a business coach will come to you and say, we would like your support to, to in this client? Oh, yeah. that's a good route to market for you, isn't it, Ben? Absolutely, yes, it is, yeah. yeah. Um, there's already a trusted relationship between the coach and the founder, you you presume, because otherwise yeah. they wouldn't be working together. Yeah. And so, you know, sometimes it takes someone else to tell you what you kind of know, but have been resisting because you're not feeling brave enough or you don't understand the process well enough to do it on your own. You know, it's lonely at the top. Um, and you, know, you, you sometimes just need a little bit of a, a, yeah. a gentle nudge from people, someone you trust to, to make you take that step, which um, we, hope will lead to accelerated growth well it's a big added value i always think when you take other people into your clients and connect them with the skills that somebody needs it's it's a paranoid person that doesn't do that so um first of all i want to really thank um ben and rob robert fisher if online you'll find them as uh, ben meekie m-e-k-i-e for a really interesting subject. Finance is something that probably didn't interest me for uh, for quite a long time as a founder, um, but I've become over the last sort of 10, 12 years more and more interested in the subjects. I've absolutely loved this. You've learned, you know, we started at the top of the show saying if you're a founder of a business, but also, you know, we've explained here that if you're running a network, if you've got colleagues, if you've got friends, a dinner party on a Saturday, um, and if you're a business coach, you know, this is a really relevant um, show to share with other people and get in touch with with Ben. And it's been a real privilege to have this time with you both. It really has been. And um, and it's always Thomas and I feel that. Well, atten what is it that Ronald Warpera said to us? Thomas, attention is the product. Attention is the product. That was one of our members from Academy over in Holland said us. The world, he said this about 20 years ago, the world is going to realise that attention is the product. And to have had your attention as a listener 
for this time. We never take it for granted. And please do get in touch with Thomas or myself if you want us to connect with Ben or, or Robert or indeed find them on LinkedIn. And finally, just to remind you, the website for starting this journey, if this has uh, really inspired you, is www.acuity, which is a C A C U I T Y associates.co.uk forward slash F I D. And um, thank you very much, everybody. And I hope that through this show, we make a lot more businesses last a lot longer. Here, here. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thanks, Robert. Thank you, Ben.